Well, this is uh, Dawson Sawyer reporting in for Roads Uncharted. Last time we delved deeper into the ancient temple of Brenda, coming to a series of doors and rooms that, despite our best efforts in ascertaining if they were trapped, weren't, at least to our knowledge. Continuing further on and further into the depths of this temple in search of my former adventuring party, we came across no hide or tail of them, but instead discovered an ossuary full of skulls and gems and a golden sarcophagus in a room with scratch marks at the door. Eight, Roe and Dawson. We left off last week with you opening a door leading to a set of stairs. And they go down, right? Mm-hmm. Is there any movement from the coffin when the door opens? Nope. I'm going to extend my torch light further down the stairs. Do I see a bottom? You do not. This doesn't matter. I'm going to go anyway. I just want to know. You just want to know. No, you do not. <laughs> okay. Is is this a winding staircase or is it like a just a straight shot stair? From what you can see, it's straight shot. Okay. Is there any dried blood on the stairs? Do I see any dried blood? You do not. But I will say that the, the stairway and the tunnel that it's in are stone. Okay. Seems seems like the coast is clear. Um, nothing is attacking us. So I, I think, I think, I think progression here is, is the right move. I'm going to start heading down the stairs. So Rose going first. I'll bring up the rear. I will proceed in the center. Are there scratch marks similar to what was on the door along the floor or the walls or anything? Give me a perception check. Give it to me at medium difficulty, please. I'd love to. I'm bad at this. I have three failures. Everything looks perfectly normal. I'll say that because of the rough hewnness of the stone, it's a little difficult to tell. I'm too enamored with the composition of the rock. It's like, oh, look, this is sandstone. And this appears to be made out of some form of igneous rock. Did you know that igneous rocks are created through volcanic activity? Oh, yes, it's quite true. I learned an awful lot about geology in my mother's study. I mean, I, I guess I guess it makes sense. Eight would definitely be the Bill Nye of Rajiv. If eight were to have a science show. <laughs> I also have to question how this dungeon remains so dry this far down underground. There must be an amazing air exchange mechanism somewhere in all of this. And I'll just gesture broadly with my hands. Dungeoneering, as it were. I mean, smell that air. <sighs> Please smell that air. I cannot do it. So I would like for someone to tell me. Sure, I'll I'll sniff the air. Is it fresh? No, absolutely not. Oh. Well, perhaps it has enough airflow to keep it from becoming moist down here, but not enough to keep it from becoming stale. It smells like igneous rock. I can only imagine what that smells like. And I will just be like descending the stairs, holding my lantern, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thinking about that the whole time. 
and I'm focused on ahead. Every like ten steps down the stairs, I'm taking a look back to the top. And the door stays open for as long as you can see it. You follow these stairs, which do start to wind eventually. It is a slow turn, but eventually you do realize you are going in a spiral. You probably are following the stairs for a good two flights before you end at an archway that leads to a room beyond a very short hallway. Like we're talking just a couple of feet. Um, the room itself, from what you can see from the bottom of the stairs, appears to be very large and open. Um, and there appears to be what potentially could be, I would like to say, furniture, but it is pretty crumpled and destroyed at this point. So you just see masses of wood and, and stone without going any further. It's just more of the same evidence that there were people here, maybe, perhaps, but no telling how long ago it was. Yeah, I mean, at least from the skulls that I took a look at, at least a few centuries, it seemed. Dawson, give me a vigilance check, please. I would love to. I've got two points in that. Get two boost die because you are very close to your good friend, eight. Difficulty is going to be two, so medium difficulty. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I would like to seize the adventure and take that story point we gave you last time back. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to use it subsequently and boost that green die. Two successes. Dawson, as you and Ro were talking about how, you know, this room just seems to be more of the same you happen to notice out of the corner of your eye, at the very edge of your sight from the doorway, is what appears to be a skeleton against the wall. Uh, I'm gonna, well, I'm in the back, so they can't see me. I'll be like, hold up, hold, no, hold up. What's the matter, friend Dawson? There's uh, a skeleton in the corner. I'll turn towards all the corners except that one. <laughs> Uh, and I'll point towards the corner. I'm gonna like peek out. Is it armed or is it like a skeleton that's just like, ah, I got killed here? Or is it one that looks like it's standing guard and animated? It is a skeleton that appears to have been left manacled to the wall. Is there any gear or armor or weapons near them? Hard to tell from this distance. Uh. I, th I think we should check out that skeleton. It looks manacled to the wall, which ain't a great sign, because that means someone put them there or something. The last skeleton we came across was talking and had also been left somewhere. So perhaps this one will also be friendly. I mean, one one can hope. Um, I'll, I'll like, pat Row on the shoulder. Um, I know you like to announce your intentions before going into any room, so, you know... I, I mean, sure, yes. It's more of like a, please don't harm me. <laughs> so, please don't harm us. Anything happen? Nope, nothing happens. Hey, you know, one of these days it's going to work. Something's going to be... It, it has worked before. It ha That's the thing, that it has worked already. All right, um... I'm gonna 
heat my hammer out uh, and hope that the small amount of heat and light that comes off the flickering volcanic mace, not mace, warhammer, gives me enough light as I kind of approach the skeleton. You approach the skeleton and you notice that there is a specific set of armor that looks very familiar to you. Which armor would this have belonged to? I recognize this armor. This was uh, a rogue, our, uh, well, my friend. Um, I guess I give a once over of the body and then like look at the manacles and I'm just gonna smash the chains. With your hammer? Yeah. Give me an attack roll, medium difficulty. Sure. Three successes, one advantage. And one slam from your hammer, and you are able to crush the chains. Though they were iron, they appear to have been rusted and break relatively easy. And when you do so, the skeleton kind of crumples to the ground. The armor really the only thing that's kind of keeping it in any recognizable shape. As it kind of crumbles, I'm going to pull off my bag and I'm going to pull out almost like a picnic blanket, but you can see that there are like six or so of them that have been stacked in my bag and I'm going to unfold it and I'm going to like very solemnly, you know, pick up the armor and, you know, the bones and put them in the bag before tying it. And I think as I'm doing that, Dawson's just kind of muttering to himself, you ain't meant to stay down here, bud. You, you're meant to be up there in the sunlight. I'm going to get you out. Don't you worry. As you are tying this blanket up and these words are being ushered forth from your lips, you all notice chandeliers that were on the ceiling and a few sconces that had been along the walls suddenly light up. And a dark purple smoke starts to form out of nothing. And at first it's small, and then it grows larger and larger. And within its center, you start to notice a black humanoid shape appearing. You hear a deep-throated chuckle and a voice that says, Take my guardians, will you? Well, maybe you would like to replace them. And I would like everybody to give me a simple cool check as we go into initiative. Super cool. Oh, shit. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Where's my cool? Two, two success. Two success. Four advantages? I have three success. All right. There is a single PC slot that gets to go. Who would like to go and what are you doing? I'll go. It seems that Dawson is preoccupied and will probably be, no, I, I wouldn't say slow to react, but a little bit, a little distracted. Do you think that's fair? Okay. Dawson, there's, there's a, there, there's a purple smoke monster here and I will sort of not chuck my torch, but like sort of stab my torch in that direction. I don't know if that, that, counts as anything but i want to I, I i want to like try and recognize see if i if i recognize any anything about this uh this individual 
I'll say that the the talking and the torch thrusting could technically count as your incidental. If you want to try and recognize what this thing, give me. I would like to do that. Yes. Give me a forbidden knowledge check, please. Forbidden knowledge. I got nothing in that, but I got two intellect zones. And give it to me at hard difficulty. Hard diff. Okay, here we go. Take one of those story points. Should I? It's up to you. We've got three. Okay, I'll take a story point. All right. I don't want to boost a die. I want to affect the story in a way that where where I, I, I'd say maybe some something in passing back at the at Kidova. Um, maybe I've like read a line somewhere that pertains to something like this. I don't know. You're you're mulling it over. I'm thinking because you're not you're not changing the dice to yellow, so we're gonna insert something. I have an idea. Okay, roll your dice. Okay. Ooh, okay, that is three threats and one success. I will address your threat in just a second as far as success. I will say that just the creature itself, you're not entirely sure what it could be, but then you happen to notice that there's this weird, like, rune on their smoky chest, which you almost didn't notice at first glance, and that's what triggers it for you. So that's what we'll use that that story point where we'll insert that rune, and that's what triggers what this thing is. And you know that that rune is usually something related to necromancy. Cool. And as far as the success goes, what specific part of necromancy is that you know that this is probably a practitioner. This is a form that they can take based on how many years of study that they have. So, okay, I will stand my ground. I'm not going to move away or toward, but I'm going to stand my ground. And as I do, I'm like, "Uh, uh, purple monster. It might be some sort of necromantic. And I fumble (laughs) my words. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So you fumble. That's fine. It's totally fine. With that, this creature is going to raise a hand. You all watch as this this black humanoid shape raises a hand, and the purple smoke that seems to be covering their entire body by their hand turns to this orangish reddish glow, and as they do so. A door opens from the floor, and out come a group of skeletons. And Dawson, they all wear very familiar armor. PC slot. I I, I will go if Dawson does not mind. Feel free. Road, you point out that glowy rune, or is it pretty obvious, GM, that there's this glowy rune on the the foe commanding these skeletons. It's one of those, like, it's... If you're really looking at it, you would notice it. It's not like it's a bright color or anything. So it is kind of dark. I'm thinking I might want to try and dispel magic on it. This character is being given form through some sort of magical art. 
if I can sever that connection, perhaps that will give us a respite or it will just get rid of him. So I would like to try that. So Dispel is going to be hard difficulty automatically. Now it ends an effect that's on the target. Is the effect giving them form? <laughs> or perhaps makes them revert back to whatever their true form is? I will say this is not an effect. The, the, what, is, what is going on with them specifically is not an effect you can dispel. Okay. However, um, if you want to try it and see what might happen, you are more than welcome to do so. I'm just saying as far as the necromancer themselves is concerned, it is not going to do anything. And you as a practitioner of magic might know that. I will still cast it. Perhaps I can sever the link to these skeletons or something. Maybe that's an ongoing effect. I'm not sure. But I'll just roll and see what happens. La la la. Two success and a threat. Go ahead and take a strain for that threat. It's the first time you've dealt with something like this. It's a little terrifying. What does this dispel look like as it goes off? I level the lantern at this swirling, gaseous individual. And I point the stick. And I say to them... Relinquish your control on friend Dawson's friend's skeletons. And uh, my eyes will go from violet to kind of a, a lightish red. Not really super crimson-y, but red enough. And there would be kind of like a counter smoke that comes out of the tip of the stick. And it basically will be like a bluish cyanish tinge, the opposite of the spectrum of color that they created when they summoned the skeletons, essentially. And it will kind of wisp its way over towards them and start to wrestle with the purple smoke and some of the other residual magic effect that they have going on. And we'll see what happens with it. As the spell goes off, Dawson, you happen to notice that you suddenly feel a lightness in your chest as if some sort of pressure that had been there that you hadn't even noticed was gone. Eight, do you have anything else on your turn you would like to do? Action maneuver. I will take a defensive stance for the next round, bracing myself for any counterattack or counterspell. That's good. All right. It is the next NPC slot. These skeletons are shambling forth towards the group of you, and they get close to you, Dawson, and they all are reaching out their hands to you. And try to grab you. Tell me again, what's your brawl? Brawn, sorry. Brawn is three. 
all three of them are able, despite your attempts to try and shake them off and keep them at a distance, all three of them are able to grab you and start to try and push you down towards the ground. That is it for them. Dawson, I believe you were the last PC slot. I think Dawson, for a significant moment, doesn't fight them. And there's this disbelief that, you know, after long last finding his friends, I think that when he collides with the ground is when he kind of gets snapped out of this stupor. And he utters a prayer to Baradash. This, this ain't right. They deserve to rest. And I'm so tired, but they deserve better than what I can offer them. And I'm going to try and break out of the grasp if I can. Yeah. So go ahead and give me a brawl to get out of it. Because usually if you were prone, it's a maneuver. You have to spend a maneuver to get out of prone, but you're not prone yet. So yeah, let's just, let's just do, let's just do a brawn check. Try and, I try and put because they're you're not completely to the ground yet they're they're just in the process of pushing you down medium difficulty please two purple okay one success you are able to push the skeletons off of you and i still have maneuver is that correct Mm -hmm. i think dawson definitely is not trying to injure his friends in any way like when he gets loose it is more of like pushing them back while trying to not inflict any damage to them directly and as soon as he rises to his feet and like regains his footing, he is going to charge towards the smoky figure with his warhammer. Um, I don't think I can close the distance, but he's just trying to get at least halfway there. And with that, the purple cloaked figure raises up their other hand. And when they do so, Eight, you start to feel this weird sensation in your Darkwood core. You almost feel like the air around you starts to circle and move. And you can feel it going in and out of the fibers of your being. And as it does so, I need you to take nine damage before soak. And then we are back at the top of the round. So PC slot. Mind if I take the first one? All right, um, I'd like to get up to this smoky figure and, you know, give him the good old smash of a hammer, if possible. You want to try and smash the... the? Yeah, the necromancer. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, go right ahead. They're They're kind of, like, standing there. It's not like they're floating in the air or anything like that. So, yeah, go ahead. It is going to be three purple for this attack. Or three three red. Not three purple, three red for this attack. Alright, three red. Uh, and I have two yellows for heavy and then one green for brawn. Three advantages, two failures. So you fail with style. As far as your advantages go, you have your options that are pretty standard where you can recover some strain, you can spend two to notice a thing. Uh, so I do have a maneuver I'd like to use that by spending three advantages because I'd like to bull rush them, which is spend three advantages or triumph after uh, making an attack to knock something prone or push. Yeah, you could do that if you wanted. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to knock them to the ground. Okay. So the attack. So why don't you explain how this looks? Because the I mean, you you did fail. You didn't exactly hit them with your hammer, but you bull rush them. So what does this look like? Yeah. So uh, as I charge through towards them, I think I come forward with like this heavy-handed over-the-head swing with the full force of a adventurer with decades of experience wielding this hammer. The molten hammer ignites uh, the igneous rock that makes it up, flickering with this flame. And I slam it down and this kind of purple shield almost kind of deflects the blow and it's not able to find any purchase or hit its target. But as it connects, the heat that comes off of the hammer, almost like a concussive force, just kind of blasts the smoke down. As you collide with this individual, um, you feel some sort of weight to them. You are able to knock them down, but at the same time, it almost feels very lightweight, as if you are running into a body full of feathers and not really a solid person. An NPC slot is up next. The necromancer suddenly becomes very translucent and actually stands up and stands up through you, Dawson, before, in a blink of an eye, transporting to another section of the room. And they are now floating up in the corner. PC slot. The necromancer is floating up. And what has become of the uh, the adventuring party that there's no skeletons. They are in a clump where Dawson was. They haven't moved yet. Okay, seeing Dawson is over fighting the necromancer, I'm going to try and keep this pile of bones distracted and going to approach and start stomping on kneecaps. Hey. I'm just gonna, ew, 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 as I do. Go ahead and give me, uh, if you're actually using your feet, give me a brawl check. Medium difficulty, please. Cool. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That is three successes and no threat. No, no, that's it. Three successes. And how much damage is that? Uh, let's see. So my brawn is two. So two. You start stomping on kneecaps and you hear the sound of bones cracking. Haha, yes, take that. Dawson, I'm distracting them. Thanks. <laughs> Slam the hammer, willy nilly. Anything else, Ro? Um, no, that's it. Eight. Do I know anything about necromancers? Eh, so, Mother told you a little bit about them and about how it's. A lot of people tend to shun them. She didn't really get too much into them other than the basic definition of what they do. So, raising the dead and that kind of thing. I will say that she did not paint them in, like... So, GM to player... You and I both know that in a lot of RPGs, a lot of lore, necromancers are painted to be evil, right? And they have that kind of stigma around them. Mm -hmm. All Mother said 
was that there are a lot of people that shun them because they tend to be afraid of them because raising somebody from the dead is just not natural. She in no way painted them in a way that would make you think that necromancy equals evil, if that makes sense. Okay. So, I understand, and I will yell to the smoky figure in the corner, you are just lonely. You have no friends, so you've been making your own. I understand. You've been by yourself all these years. Is there any way we can, I don't know, ease your trouble and come to some sort of peaceful solution to this unnecessary conflict? I will wait for a response from them. Picture a Ganondorf laugh. That's what you hear. Not a Ganondorf laugh. Oh, it's so condescending. (laughs) Fine. All right. I will cast an attack spell. If you won't work towards peace, then we will leave you in pieces of smoke. Wow, Ren. Very good. Yes. I will use a a maneuver to channel an attack spell. And just so the group knows, there are currently three story points in the GM side and one in the player side right now. Yep. Yep. Don't worry. I'll be taking one of those next session. (laughs) Ren, you okay? Mm-hmm. I forgot I have scathing tirade. Do you want to retroactively use that? It's an incidental, so maybe when I was talking to him, we can say I'm using scathing tirade as well. Sure, sure, why not? Tell me again what that does. We make an average coercion check, and for each success, I generate the necromancer will suffer one strain. Now, give me a quick question. Is scathing tirade technically a combat? Just says make a coercion check. Okay, so we'll we'll rule no. After I cancel everything out, I have one success, so he'll take one strain. And then I will cast my magic spell at them, since that's an incidental. When they realize they, uh, they're being judged as lonely. Also, just so you know, he will add one setback to all skill checks they make for a number of rounds equal to my ranks in coercion. So for two rounds, he, this character will suffer a setback because of my improved scathing tirade. Okay, cool. And now I will cast my attack spell. I will, all right, so it starts off as easy to cast the spell. It's three red. Oh, it's a failure and a despair. Oops. The spell doesn't go off, but I'm going to, well, I'll say it goes off, but it kind of backfires on you. Uh, You feel this wave of almost like really harsh wind come back at you, Eight, so I'm going to need you to take a setback next turn. I'm also running out of strain. Okay. And with that, the Necromancer is going to start to chant, and as they do so, ew, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't have enough dice. Okay. They start to chant. And uh, it almost sounds like the sound of scarab beetles crawling against stone. It's very dissident. It doesn't actually sound like words. And then it suddenly stops. And nothing appears to have happened. We're at the top of the round. 
PC slot. Would you like your friend eight to go? Mm-hmm. After stumbling back with that wave of awful that just happened to me, I will take the stick and lower it for a moment and, and say, you've corrupted this tomb with your malevolent power and your poor attitude. You're grounded. And I would like to do my improved scathing tirade again. Go ahead. Jeez. I have two failures, but I have an advantage. So he's, so they still suffer one strain. And from there, I am going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to use my sling that I have. I forgot you had that. Right? Um, so I will pull out this little cloth strap and I kind of heft it with one hand and I reach down. I reach down real quick and pick up a pebble that's on the ground and I put it in the sling and I just start whipping it and I say, I've never used this before. I was told that the best adventurers <laughs> use these types of weapons and I'm just spinning it the whole time as I'm saying this and in pursuit of justice, I will sling and I will attempt to sling. Uh, it's a ranged light check. And my ranged light is, well, my ranged is <laughs> just agility, which is one <laughs> and, and no, no ranks. So this guy's at short range. So that's going to be a purple and adversary three. Mm -hmm. So we're upgrading three times. So red. Yep. Second one makes yep. a purple. Third one makes a red. So I attack. Holy crap. It's two threat, but I have a success. So that's going to be four. Four damage before soak. You hear ching <laughs> as the pebble bounces off their shoulder. Yeah, that's what you get for fooling with other people's lives. Are you are you ready to surrender? <laughs> <laughs> what would you like those two threats to do? I'll use the threat to give him a boost on his next check. Oh no. Alright. So at that, it's an NPC slot. The three skeletons are now going to try and take Euro because you're there smashing their knees. Yeah. So the skeletons are going to go after you and they're going to... But they can't because they got no knees. Well, <laughs> you're, you're too brawn doesn't really I do know, much. Uh, <laughs> um, one of them reaches down and draws what appears to be a rusty dagger and is going to try and make a jab at you, row since you are pretty close. Take that with two purple. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So, Ro, that is going to be five damage before soak. Okay. And. Oh, and there's an and. Great. Tetanus. It's okay. Werewolves don't have to uh, have immunity to tetanus. And Lyme disease. Ro, give me a D100 check, please. Or just give me, roll me a D100. Come on, I gotta get find my D100. Didn't know you were gonna need some of those regular dice now, did you? No, never do. Okay, hold on, here we go, here we go, here we go. 81. Okay, you are winded. 
You cannot voluntarily suffer strain to activate abilities or gain additional maneuvers until you heal this critical injury. Oh. You are critically hurt by skeletons. Is that tetanus? It's the, it is the rusted the rusted dagger. It's tetanus, man. I'm telling you. All right. Okay. The next two PC slots. Who wants to go? Am I able to hit the necromancer with the hammer at where they are? So they're like up in the air, kind of at an angle. You can't stand under them and hit them. If you want to try and throw the hammer or another weapon, you could probably do that. Ooh, I mean, that's fair. This is the moment when I go, oh, ranged weapons, what are those? Uh, so instead, I'm going to open up my bag and pop out a potion. Okay. Actually, can I grab two potions? I'm not going to drink both. I'd like to drink one, but I'd like to toss one to a companion. So I'll say to grab a potion out of your bag is going to be your incidental. To drink would be your action. I don't really have those kinds of rules in this system. So I will say it will. I will say you can suffer your maneuver to toss. Okay. So I'm going to pop a immunity elixir, and I'm going to toss a regen elixir over to Roe. Oh, sweet. Now, do I know what any of these mean? No. <laughs> but Dawson does, maybe. You would hope. I hope. I found these lying on the ground once and I thought they were important. <laughs> All right, so you pop out the elixir, you toss one to row as you are drinking that one. And that's it for me. Also, I don't remember what immunity elixir does. I just assumed it means that I'm beefy and nothing can hurt me, even emotionally. All right. So I think that leaves row. Okay. I, I would like to drink this potion of regeneration. That tetanus attack really caught me off guard. So it's a simple, it's a simple something check. Simple resilience. Okay. Simple resilience. What do I have? Ooh. Okay. Then you heal one wound for each success and one strain for each advantage. Oh shit. Okay. That's one advantage. Four successes. Alright, so heal four wounds, up to four wounds, and heal uh, one strain. Your critical injury still is in effect, though. That's fine. That's okay. Um, I guess, and that was my action? Yep. And that was more for the audience's perspective, not necessarily yours. <laughs> cool. I'd like to, uh, if possible, I'd like to maneuver so that I'm not surrounded by these things, or it would be difficult to get uh, be surrounded by the three skeletons. Yeah, you could take a maneuver. Okay, cool. Get away from them. That is what I do. Okay. And with that, the necromancer is going to swoop down towards Dawson. And as they do so, Dawson, you feel this iron-cold grip on your throat. Dawson, you feel this ice-cold grip on your neck, and you start to feel yourself suffocate. I would like you to take six wounds before soak. Okay, so with five soak... You take one wound. Little do you know, now he's within melee range. Check and mate. <laughs> it's all part of my elaborate move. And we're back to the top of the round. Might I, gentlemen? Sure. First, I'm going to use a maneuver, 
which is coordinated assault, and I would like to give a engaged ally advantage to combat. They can be up to two ranges away, this ally, and they get a advantage. Whichever one of you wishes to have it may take it. And then I'm gonna swing the hammer. Give me that attack. Two successes, one advantage, and one despair. Okay, so what's your damage? My damage is four, but it does have the specials of concussive and burn. Yep. And so how many advantages did you roll? I rolled one. And for your despair, this weapon of yours collides with the necromancer and as it does so you watch as these cracks form in the black body of this figure you watch as those cracks in their bright purple essence cover almost their entire body before suddenly they shrink back to the center where your hammer was and your hammer ignites into a ball of flame. You are forced to drop your weapon. All right, I will drop the hammer. And odd question, do I recognize the voice? I would say that it sounds familiar in the sense of it sounds like a lot of other people that you've encountered over your years of adventuring, but does it belong to a specific person that you might recognize? No. All right, that's it for me. With that, the Skelemans are going to go again. They're going to try and stab Ro. They're going to take a maneuver to get closer to Ro. And then they're going to try and stab again. They actually are fumbling pretty bad. I mean, for X-Adventures, these skeletons are not great at what they were tasked to do. Listen, it's the knees, yo. It is the knees. And and you feel like this this dagger kind of just glance against your armor. PC slot. I would like to counterattack this time, swinging my sword, um, just as a sweeping motion to try and knock as much one deal damage. But I'm aiming at their 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 arms and, and hands and stuff. Hopefully, just in case something cool happens. So that's gonna be melee light. And you said this is medium, or it doesn't matter. Does this matter? It'll be medium for these guys. Okay, that one, two, that is one advantage. Recover some strain. <laughs> I have no strain to recover. Um, can I can I boost someone else? You can. You can get, add a boost to the next allied character's checks. So you can't pick specifically, but you can say whoever is the next yeah. person that I can. Yeah, Wh- whoever's the next person. Yeah. Uh, I'll just I'll, I'll just say I've got them occupied just in case <laughs> and distracted. Um, so. That's the boost, I guess. They don't got to worry about it. yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah. So I guess that means eight. For this turn, I will uh, continue to verbally assail the necromancer. Scathing tirade. That's going to be a triumph and a threat. So I'd like him to feel really badly. <laughs> I'd like him to feel real badly. So basically, I, I say, well, it's no wonder you don't have any friends the way you treat us here. Gosh, you must have been living down here for so long that you've forgotten how to be polite and kind to people. 
Also, I didn't want to say anything, but I bet your hygiene is pretty atrocious. And uh, that will cause one strain because of the triumph. Okay. And that's that's fun for me. Uh, I would I would just like the snackmancer to feel bad. Perhaps uh, putting a setback on the skeletons because their concentration is momentarily broken. Okay, that's what you want to use your triumph for. Yeah. Okay. Or upgrade their difficulty of their next check. One of the two. One of those two. Okay. Probably the upgrade. And then I would like to take a look at my sling, take a look at the fact that Dawson is engaged with this ca- this enemy, and um, I will drop my sling and say, this will not work for this current situation. This requires a more personal touch, and I will draw my meat tenderizer as a maneuver, and I will forego my action to run into combat. So I'm not doing any actions. I'm just incidentally and double maneuvering. Okay. Great. And Dawson, that necromancer is still engaged with you. You feel a tightness in your chest. I need you to take nine damage before soak as you feel this icy, almost like as if somebody were reaching into your heart. Oh no, anxiety. Top of the round? Yeah, right. I don't mind going first. Um, so with it grabbing me, I'm going to take a look back at the two adventurers I suckered into this poor deal <laughs> as I'm pulling out my sword and shield. And I am going to try and hit this individual with the sword and shield. That is two successes and nothing else. Okay. As you attack, you hear a voice in your head. You've lost, old man. Anything else on your turn? Uh, so as my blade kind of like slams into this creature, I kind of like press up the shield and I think I get face to face wherever its approximation of a face is. I may be old, but you know what? I ain't ever gonna let go. You'll have to kill me, but it doesn't matter. Every adventurer I ever trained is gonna come here and get you one day. I've known you. You're the dark and the, and the terrifying behind each door. But you know what? You're just for now. In... A decade, you won't matter. No one's gonna remember your name. No one's gonna care what you did. And that's something that I beat you at. The necromancer is going to take this opportunity to reach further in. Another nine damage before soak. As you feel this cold start to spread in your chest, um, and I would also like you to roll me a d100, please. Sure. And I am at half health now. I don't know if that plays any factor. I couldn't remember. No, not unless you have any abilities or anything that have to key off of that kind of stuff, so. No. 
Right. That is a 51. All right. Anytime you make a, a check that requires your presence or willpower, you will increase the difficulty of those checks. You have a fearsome wound. That actually worked pretty well, narratively. All right. PCs are up next. Last two. I want to punch a skull off of its freaking shoulders. Oh, better yet, no, I'd like to try and wrench it from its shoulders. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Can I use this as a brawl check? Yeah. Okay. Which, <laughs> I can now use my cunning instead. <laughs> Would you take that? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay, that is a triumph, three successes, and an advantage. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. How much damage do you do with this? Uh, let's see. I use my cunning instead of my bronze, so that's three. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, well, what does this look like as you wrench the skull from this, this skeleton? I parry one, uh, one of the knives, and then I take my other hand and grab, uh, like a bowling ball, the eyes and the nose, and yank it free. And as you do so, all three skeletons crumple to the ground. Oh. What would you like to use your triumph for? This is this is distracting to the necromancer and pulls the attention off of Dawson for a little bit. Yeah, if you want to say that very easily, mechanically, add another setback to the necromancer. Alrighty. Anything else? Yeah. I would like to maneuver in a way that I can throw this at the necromancer next turn, if possible. <laughs> An easier time. I mean, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that that's really it. Like, I'm moving myself into a clear shot for next turn. Eight. I'm going to aim, and I'm going to hammer. Sorry, I'm going to tenderize this necromancer. <laughs> tenderize. Tenderize. Well, I guess the hammer. Okay. Okay, I have three success left over. So that's going to be three plus three plus hammer damage, three. So it's going to be nine damage before soak as I basically just flip the hammer once and bring the pointy end of the meat tenderizer down on the smoky form and just strike a few times. And each time I'm just saying, you must realize seasoned adventurers do not succumb easily and I will scathing tirade with that incidental and I will make that check real quick it's going to be two strain from uh, successes and then I had a threat left over and that will be my turn this hammer strike hits and uh, again you have that purple kind of like crackling that occurs every time you strike eight and the necromancer kind of seems to just ignore you. Seems very focused on Dawson. All right. Uh, give me another D100 roll, please. That is a 63. You are now disoriented as you are slightly dazed from this coldness that is continuing to permeate throughout your body. And you're also going to take 11 damage before soak. All right, I'm still standing, barely. You hear in your head, just go to sleep. It'll all be over if you just go to sleep. Top of the round. 
I will pull out a healing potion and quaff it. Or a healing elixir. Or so they are called. And I don't know what they do. I just know that they have healing in the word. <laughs> and I'm going to maneuver out of this thing's grasp. Because it, it's been playing with my heart too much today. And I will just move back. Okay. As you move back, you hear the words, you shouldn't have left me alone. Did I leave someone here alive? Well, I mean, I guess technically all of them, but for the healing elixir, do I have to roll anything? They are uh, imbued the taker with feelings of warmth and nourishment and are used to ward off illness. They do not actually heal injuries, although they can help comfort and stabilize an injured individual. In retrospect, I should have done one of the items I know heals. <laughs> yeah, because I think the healing herbs actually yes. heal wounds. So, 11 herbs and spices, I I think. Yeah. Yes. But if I could retroactively switch out which one I did. I will allow it. I will allow it because this has been a rough fight for y'all. So, I will allow it. Uh, Okay. So, I will use a healing herb. That's a healing noise. My blood is coming back into my body. So with healing herbs of healing, you have to make a medicine check. And the herbs actually give you an automatic success and advantage to the check. So go ahead and roll your medicine check. Easy difficulty. You're used to patching up wounds during combat. One success, two advantage. Two success, two advantage. So you're going to heal four wounds plus two strength. All right. And with that, as you get away, uh, the necromancer is going to use a maneuver to get close to you again. This time, they're actually going to get right up in your face. And you feel as they put their hand with their palm covering your face, you get this really cold sensation. You are going to take another 11 points before soak. And you hear in your head, don't leave me again. PC slot. I'm going to chuck this skull at the back of this necromancer's head. Do you want to aim? I do want to aim. All right, take a maneuver to aim. Okay. And uh, toss it. Okay. And give me a... Give me a ranged light attack roll. Okay, range, ranged light. Because why not? I, I feel like ranged light is suiting, fitting yeah, for a skull. Yeah, I can use my cunning on this. Hell yeah. You said medium? Yep, medium. <laughs> it's a triumph, and that's it. So it'll be two. Uh, what would you like to use the significant boon part of your triumph for? I don't know if this this is this is mechanically possible, but like if I was writing this as a show, the remains of whoever I pulled, whoever skull I pulled, interfere with the thoughts of this necromancer as their their cranial spaces merge for a quick second and whatever that does narratively or thematically or whatever is helpful to us okay this skull gets tossed and it smacks into the necromancer Dawson suddenly you feel that coldness leave your face all of you watch as the necromancer 
floats away. You hear this high-pitched scream. The purple smoke and the figure within becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and eventually until it's like this pinprick size and then you hear a very loud pop as it disappears. You are left alone in this room with a pile of bones and a very wounded party member. I'd like to help Dawson up. I'll reach out with my hand. Yeah, I think Dawson looks pretty rough, like coughing up blood, blood's like dotting his lips. Yeah, I'll, yeah, help you up and also uh, prop you up on like over my shoulder or something like that. <coughs> well, I mean, it wasn't, I, u- I used my head, but it wasn't, it wasn't mine. Yeah, I, I saw that. It was pretty good thinking. Are you, are you okay? You, you, they were really focused on you. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're gone. They're, they're somewhere. Maybe not here. I would like the group to give me a group vigilance check real quick. As the mummy comes down the stairs, finally arriving. <laughs> oh no! I was gonna say, second, <laughs> second form. I have three willpower. I have four willpower. I have one rank in vigilance. I have two ranks in vigilance. Get two boosts because of your buddy eight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so who's rolling? Probably you. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a easy difficulty. Easy difficulty. Oh my god. I swear to god, if we have any failures on this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's a lot of successes and one invented. One, two, three, four, five, six successes. As the three of you are standing together after this battle, you start to notice a a very pale blue energy, very similar to what you saw with the necromancer arrive. Out of it are three dark humanoid figures and they take much clearer form so that you can see the faces of individuals that look very familiar to Dawson. You see the face of Forster, Taylor, and Crick. Alright, so that leaves Delilah and Jezebel. I think I kind of pull my arm off of Rose's shoulder, um, like kind of stumble forward and be like, Well, hey, gang, it's uh, been a while. You hear a very ethereal voice respond out of Forrester. You look like shit. Yeah, well, got old. Thanks for coming back for us. You know I'd never leave any of you down here. Look, uh, I know you couldn't do anything about what happened to us after you left. Forrester kind of nudges Crick. Because Crick was the one you took out during that last fight, right? Yeah. 
Crick told us what you did. We, uh, we made a mistake coming here. We didn't know that that thing had taken up residence. Just glad you got out. Not everyone's here, here is here, though. Jezebel escaped. And Lala? She found a way out. We were too big of fools to follow. We don't know what happened to Delilah, though. Well, I'm going to get you all out. I guess there's a whole other side of this place I ain't been. Maybe she's over there. But I'm not going to leave any of you behind here. Just remember to give yourself some grace. And the three forms of your former friends slowly disappear. And with that, if there's nothing else anybody would like to accomplish, we'll end the session. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next time. But in the interim, follow us on Twitter at Roads Uncharted. The Roads Uncharted podcast is GM'd and produced by Dax, who you can find on Twitter at GM underscore Dax. We use the Genesis RPG system published by Fantasy Flight Games and music licensed by Epidemic Sound. Eight is played by Ren, who also composed the music for our opening theme. Follow them on Twitter at Thorny Dryad. Roe is played by Kappa, and you can follow him on Twitter at the Kappa Chris. Arthas, champion of Offham, is played by Neil. And Dawson is played by our guest, Graham. You can follow him on Twitter at GrahamCrackers1 and Twitch at twitch.tv slash GrahamCrackers.